Hello everybody, my name is Marshall and welcome back to another episode of the Doodlecast. Today I'm going to be walking you guys through how I personally do my style, how I draw, what I use, and just little tips and tricks that I've found. Now obviously none of the tips and or tricks that I'm giving you are 100% professional art school quality things. These are things that I have just found that work for me and they might not work for you, that's fine. But it's just something that I I feel really proud of and something that I've been able to kind of cultivate on my own over time. So I hope I'm able to help you guys out and give you guys some tips and tricks. If not, then just sit back and either have a good laugh if you're a professional artist or just vibe with me and figure out art. The very first thing I do when I open up Procreate is I create a canvas and usually it's 4000 by 4000. I like to do it on bigger scales, though that does give you less of an option for layers and the amount of layers. But personally, I just feel like it comes out and it looks a little cleaner and it looks more crisp. Again, my personal preference. Then I go and I use the Studio Pen tool for my sketching. I like the Studio Pen tool because what you draw is what you get. There's no real fixing it with the pen itself or streamlining it. It's all just loose scribbles. And that's what I find works best because I'm able to just cultivate all of my weird lines together to be able to find that perfect line that I want to trace. So usually my sketches don't look clean. They don't look neat. It's funny because sometimes I'll look at other people's sketches when they post work in progress and I just sit there like, is that actually a sketch or did they clean that up? Because I swear to God, <laughs> I don't know how some people have such clean sketches because mine just kind of look like a bundle of nonsense up until after I do the line art and then it starts to make at least a little bit of sense. <laughs> For those of you who use Procreate, Studio Pen is under the inking tool. And usually I don't use black because I like to do crisp black line art. That is something that I've always just preferred. And it's something that I've kind of battled with back and forth if I've wanted to do line art versus non-line art art. And I've just found that I like the crisp lines. Part of it is I'm pretty sure just traditional anime and manga. But also there's this part in me who remembers my elementary school art teacher. And for some reason she would line everything with a thick black sharpie all the time every single thing she had and were made was lined and it didn't look bad it looked really good but she just always used sharpie and if you didn't line your work she got super pissed off and she'd be like well see how this could look better and me in kindergarten trying to make a cow that probably looked like a abomination of nature was like but i think it looks pretty so maybe that just kind of stuck with me a little but that's my personal preference so if by any chance there is an elementary school art teacher out there who's listening to this whose name is Miss Jenkins, this is all your fault. I blame you. <laughs> After I'm done my sketch, I then create a new layer and I make that the line art layer. Now I actually don't use any specific line art pens. Usually it's just kind of how I feel or how I want it to look and depending on if I want the line art to look very crisp and pointed or if I kind of want it to look a little, as I call it, bubbly and round it off. But nine times out of 10, I do end up choosing the sharper edges. And so for that, I use the script pen that is under the calligraphy section in the brush library. And personally, I just feel like it works very well, especially when I'm drawing my hair, because the way I draw hair, I always end up having these little spouts, or at least that's what I call them, 
of these points and then they go down and kind of flow for those of you who know or are very familiar with my art style you know what i'm talking about so that just creates a nice crisp line for that and then while i'm all doing this i make sure that the sketch layer is separate from the inking layer because i've done that so many times where i've inked on the sketch layer and I just want to cry because I just got the perfect line down and then I go to look at the line art and I realize it's not even on the wrong or right section. <laughs> oh god, that gives me heartburn just thinking about it. But I also make sure to turn down the opacity on my sketch layer so that way I'm not confused as to what I'm drawing currently and what's being left behind. So that way when I actually turn off the sketch layer, it's not a huge shock as to what my line art looks like because I know sometimes other artists have issues where they think it looks great and then all of a sudden you turn off the sketch layer and you're like, oh wow, that's shitty. <laughs> so that kind of helps me just manage the quality of my line art. Now here comes the part where I feel like a lot of people are going to be cringing as I say this, but it's just something that I found works really well for me and I personally really like. So what I do after I finish my liner is I actually duplicate the original line art layer and I put one on the top and one on the bottom and then a blank layer in between. And so for the bottom layer, what I do is instead of just loosely coloring, I actually just use the fill bucket and I fill everything in so it's a lot easier for coloring. If you prefer traditional coloring, that's fine. But I just find this to be so much easier. Plus, if you have little bumps and bruises, the upper layer of line art is going to cover it all up. Especially when you're doing your shading. That is kind of like a foolproof way of saying, you'll be fine. It's okay to go over the line a little bit because nobody's going to see it. <laughs> so that's my personal trick. Because I know that I would just get so annoyed by having to color in every little thing and zoom in and and trace it all out and I know that there are other ways of doing it but this is just the way that I have found that works best for me if you have another way and you would like to share it please let me know on my Instagram you can comment it and just be like hey Marshall by the way you're kind of being a little dumb and I'll be like thanks thanks for letting me know appreciate it <laughs> but that is my current way of doing it and I found it works really well sometimes for added touch I will actually duplicate the line art again and this is the very very top one and I will turn on Gaussian Blur, or Gauss Gaussian? I don't know how it's called, so if I sound stupid, it's my fault, but don't judge me. <laughs> and I will turn that on and then put it up to probably about like 2% or so, nothing too crazy, just so it almost blurs out the harshness of the lines. Because I like them crisp, but I don't like it looking pixelated in a sense. And then I just merge that down and that has your full layer of line art and also a little bit of blur. The reason why I don't do it to the original top part of the line art and I actually duplicate it again is because if you use Gaussian blur and I'm I'm gonna mess that up. There's probably a lot of people listening to this like god damn it you're so stupid. I'm very sorry but I'm gonna say it like that for the rest of the episode. <laughs> but if you use Gaussian blur and you just have that as your top line art layer then it's just gonna kind of look a little blurry and it won't hide any of those mistakes that you want to originally hide so make sure that you keep one layer normal and then do the layer above that with a blur and then merge that down 
For those of you who are unfamiliar with how to get to Gaussian Blur, what you do is you go up to the top left corner, you go to the magic wand icon, it's called Adjustments, and it should be the second little bubble down, and it says Gaussian Blur, you click on it, you go to Layer, and then everything in that layer that you're currently on will have that blurred motion effect and you won't have to manually do it. You can manually do it, there is a pencil for it, but personally I just usually do the whole layer. It's much, much easier that way. But back to the underlayer, the only problem with my method and the problem that I run into the most frequently is all of your liner has to be touching and closed off. If there are any sections that are open, then the paint bucket or whatever you call it, I call it the paint bucket. I know it's not a paint bucket in the actual app, but I'm just so used to the different apps like that, that I just do that. <laughs> but you go to there and you put it in and then everything will go everywhere and all of your color will get destroyed. So if you do have any gaps or openings, you need to go in before you use the paint bucket and you need to connect them with whatever color you're gonna be filling in the section with which isn't too bad, but it sucks when you're going through and then all of a sudden everything's just pink and you're like, wait a minute, what's it connected? Where did it go? And you have to go back through and you have to find it. So that can kind of be a little sucky, but to me it's better than spending so much time coloring in the whole damn thing because I am an impatient person. Then after I get everything in the bottom layer colored, I go to the middle blank layer that I created and that is where I start doing my shading. I always start with shading and then do highlighting last just because Personally, I find it satisfying. That's really the only method to that madness. I like seeing the the highlights afterwards because that's when I start to actually feel like the drawing is coming together, but you could do it the other way around. Again, there's just some things I do because I think it's pretty. <laughs> but I use the soft brush in the airbrush library and personally, I feel like that gives enough of a line for my personal preference with cell shading because I really like the way cell shading looks. That's just how I feel. And then it's not too harsh where it looks like bam, bam, bam. It still has a little bit of a blend so that way it could pass as not cell shading, but it still is cell shading. And that just looks pretty to me. Again, I do something because I think it's pretty. But I make sure that the soft brush is on a low opacity, so as I build up the color, I don't need to continue changing the color to a darker color. It actually will just start as the light color, and the more you color over it, I'm saying the word color a lot in this show today, oh my god. <laughs> the more you color it, the darker it'll be, and the more shadows you'll see. So that is super easy, super quick, and you don't have to worry about constantly getting the right color for darker hues. It'll just naturally go that way. Now, my shadow layer is usually very calculated and very clean. And what I mean by that is everything is in its place and everything's in its place for a reason. Usually all of the shadows are underneath something and I don't randomize shadows. I make sure that the shadows are where they actually would be. But where I get funky is with the highlights because I just like things that are sparkly and highlighty. So those tend to look a little more random and just kind of like a whole bunch of fairy lights are around that person or whatever I am drawing. And I just think that that gives it a little bit of magic. So when I do my highlight layer, I create it as a separate one from my shadow layer. So that way, if I accidentally overlap something and I erase, I'm not erasing the under layer. I'm just erasing whatever layer that I'm trying to actually erase. And I try to generalize where the light source is coming from. 
Usually it's coming straight on or at an angle, but even then I break my own rules because I love sparkly things so much. <laughs> and again, I use the same soft brush and I use the same technique where I use the um, low opacity, but as I build up, it actually gets lighter instead of darker just because of opacity and that's how opacity works. I can't explain opacity. It's just how it works. It just is how it is. Look it up on Google. I'm not Google. I'm part of Google. You could probably look this podcast up on Google, but I don't know everything. Look that one up. <laughs> then sometimes, just for a little extra fancy fancy, if I'm doing either a little cute creature or I'm doing a chibi or I'm doing a portrait, I'll go in and I will use a spray brush and I'll actually go and do some blush. And that's in between the highlight and the shadow layer. So that way the highlights are on top, but the shadows are underneath of the blush. I just think it looks cute that way, but if you want to put it all the way down or all the way up, that is completely your choice. Specifically, I like to use the spray paint brush in the fat nozzle size because I feel like ultra fine or fine, even medium, it doesn't really show the texture of the skin because skin or any sort of surface really, nothing is sleek or perfect. Everything has little blemishes. So I tend to lineate towards like the fat nozzles or anything with a splatter effect just because I think it gives it a little more texture and to me it just looks more realistic, as realistic as my art style gets. <laughs> my personal reason for putting the blush in between the highlight and the low light is so that way the highlights stack on top and I can do little highlights on top of the blush. That way it makes it look like it's sparkling or it's a little glossy. Maybe there's some freckles in there. That way those can kind of pop and I feel like the freckles or whatever it may be has a nice background on the pink of the blush or whatever you use for that character. Say you're doing a purple character and you want it to have blue blush. Same difference. I feel like it can bring attention to the smile and to the eyes. After all of this is done, I do my final layer, which is the very, very top layer. This is above all the line art, every single thing, and this is my white layer. And again, I use the studio pen for this, but this is where I go in and I actually just use the plain white and I add highlights on top of the highlights because again, I love sparkle so much. Now, I used to do it where I would go absolutely crazy and they would be more of my art than the actual color would like it would just look like the person dipped themselves in oil but since then i've backed up and i just mainly center it inside where the brightest point of my highlight is or i'll use the other tool that i have which is by mary or mayo shujo she was on my other episode about inspiration i went on to her kofi i believe correct me if i'm wrong it may be patreon but i'm pretty sure it was kofi and she has free downloads of some of her pens that she's designed and this is her sparkle pen because i always have an issue with drawing sparkles to look crisp and if i did i would have to draw them each individually by hand using a different tool and using the mirror tool and it was very frustrating so this brush makes my life a whole lot easier so sometimes i'll add sparkles in the background or in the eyes or any major point that i want to draw attention to just because again I like sparkly things. Now that I think about it, I even <laughs> add sparkles in my drawings that are more like horror based because I think my personality is very eclectic, but sometimes my personality can just weigh itself out. Like currently, 
my two favorite shows that I'm obsessed with are Miraculous Ladybug and Hannibal. <laughs> and those are the most opposite shows in the world. One is literally made for kids originally, but then ended up having like a teenage adult fan base because of the love story. And it's purely like romance superhero stuff. And then the other is about a murderer and his husband, well not really his husband, but THE murder husband, for those of you who are in the Hannibal fandom, and how they find crimes and murder people together, and they're in the FBI, and there's a lot of gore. So I will even incorporate these little sparkles into my art that is based more around that. <laughs> but again, that's just where my aesthetic collides because I have this weird aesthetic of creepy, cute, colorful, morbid, and it just kind of blends in together. So if you don't want to add as much sparkle as I do, I completely understand. It's just my ADD saying, I want something to look at that is bright and sparkly and it catches my eye. Even if it's a picture of somebody like hacking off their own foot. If there's a sparkle in there, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> Another fun trick you can do to make any of these little highlights glow, if you would like, is either one, you can use the neon brush or two, the way that I found it work best is with the white you duplicate it and then if you want it to have some sort of a pigment to it change that white to either like a light pink a light yellow whatever it may be and then put that above and do the gaussian blur over top of that and it'll add a nice little halo effect and then you can actually control how far the halo effect stretches out or how close it is and it can be more personalized rather than the neon brush so that's a little fun diddly do for you after all of that is complete, then either I go in the background and I will just trace around using a specific color that matches the background color or contradicts it, call it a day. Or sometimes I will shade the background, maybe add a pattern to it. That usually depends on what I'm drawing. I usually like my drawings to be focused on the person, thing, creature, or whatever it may be because I really like character design, creature design, that sort of thing. So I'm not a huge background drawler. Sometimes I'll even just go on Google and I will find aesthetic pictures of whatever, like a scenery, like a stock photo that I like, and I will add that underneath just to add some pizzazz to it or make it a little more aesthetically pleasing. But I wouldn't use any professional photos or any photos that are from specific artists or small business or things like that, just so that way I don't get into any conflict. Also, I'm not stealing art. So if you do do this, do do, haha. Anyway, besides me being three years old, if you do that, just make sure to credit the person and make sure that they know that you're using it and they're okay with you using it. If not, if you just want to do like I do and go and look on Google and find a random picture, that is a lot simpler. And then it's just more of a stock photo and it's not taking somebody else's art and just slapping on your own and being like, ta-da! Because like I've said in other episodes, I hate art theft and I hate copying. So if you use somebody else's photo for a background, make sure you credit them. Finally, after that, I save it and I save it to my iPad, I send it to my phone, and I save it on multiple places so that way if one or the other gets mixed up or something happens to the one, then I will always have the other. I make sure to post them on Instagram, also for my followers, but it's actually also a way of making sure that I will always have that art portfolio and just track record of what I did because I like to make sure that my art is in multiple places so that way I don't lose it because my art is very precious to me and I wouldn't be able to look back on times where maybe 
I wasn't the best artist or maybe in the future I will be a famous cartoonist or whatever it may be and I'll look back and be like wow remember that podcast and remember that really shitty drawing I did that I was super proud of and just be able to have a good laugh so make sure you spread out whatever you're using for your portfolios or whatever you're using for storage of art so that way you have backups on backups on backups the one thing that i really really love about procreate is that it actually has a feature where it naturally just time lapse your art so it's already recording what you do now for those of you who get freaked out by technology no it's not recording you it's just recording the screen and whatever you draw and only you can see that unless if you choose to export it and then put it somewhere else. That's usually what I do on my TikTok is I'll actually just take my time lapse from whatever drawing I do and post it and just put some music behind it. But you have the option of full length, which can go from anywhere to like a minute to five minutes, what may have you, or it'll just naturally go to 30 seconds. And then that way you don't need to speed it up or anything for any sort of TikTok or post you want to make on a smaller social media account that's not like YouTube or something. And as a fun fact for all of you fellow artists out there who do use Procreate, I've recently found out that you can actually stream Procreate on Twitch. I haven't tried it myself but I've seen a couple different tutorials and I'm kind of looking into it to see if I can do some live drawing with you guys. But that is something to look into if you are interested in doing some Twitch drawing. But there you have it, those are my Procreate tips and tricks and that is how I do my doodle thing. I hope you guys enjoy this and I hope I was able to learn you something new about something you may not have known or may not have did not known. I don't know how I said all that, but I'm very proud of it. <laughs> Anyways, my rambles aside, if you guys like this episode, please share it with your friends, comment on my Instagram post, follow my stuff, make sure you interact and everything, let me know how you're feeling about the doodle cast and I will see you in the next episode. Doodle on!